A former chocolate maker from New Zealand has been teaching cacao farmers in the Pacific how to make their own Milo drinks. Una Brown wants to help the farmers realise the potential of the crops they grow, and she says learning about some of the products it leads to is a key part of that. Her role she has chosen in the cacao and chocolate industry is a fascinating one, as she explains to Don Wiseman. Well, I have I have been working in the chocolate industry in New Zealand for sort of the past 16 years. But as part of that, I always wanted to go and visit cacao farming communities. And really, once that took place, I saw the injustice that was really in effect, not just in the Pacific, but around the world in terms of the disconnect of cacao farmers to the crop and the rest of the world loving chocolate. So the last four years, I exited the chocolate company I used to own. What chocolate company was that, can I ask? Yeah, it's called She Universe. It's based in Christchurch. And yeah, so then I set up the Cacao Ambassador, which is a very different focus, which is really about being on the ground in the Pacific, sharing with cacao farmers actually the crop that they grow and how they can consume it locally and how they can make local cacao products, not with any special equipment. And from that, developing the industry further so we can bring in high quality cacao products into New Zealand so we can also create new markets. So, yeah, I've been deep in that for the last four years. You've spent a lot of time in Papua New Guinea and in particular in Bougainville, I understand. My last trip was in Bougainville, but the last four years, predominantly in the Solomon Islands. And then this past 12 months, expanding that to Papua New Guinea. And I've been twice to Bougainville. How sophisticated is the cocoa tree business in those countries? Cacao farms are not sophisticated. They are remote. There is no power. A lot of the communities don't have access to good roads, no infrastructure. And they're just used to selling their beans to what we call the bulk market, which it goes into big factories that most people don't know about around the world. And when the farmer manages to get his or her beans out of the community, they have no idea the price they will get when they actually get it out, say, to a wharf where there will be a buyer. So it's a very rudimentary environment and a very unpredictable in terms of pricing. But for those communities that grow cacao, it's their main cash crop. So they will grow their food, their vegetables, and cacao is their main cash crop, which will provide them with income for school fees, by flour, basics that they need. So it's it's the, one of the most fundamental cash crops in countries like Papua New Guinea, Bougainville, Solomon Islands. And through the work you're doing, how do you hope to improve it? What sort of things are you able to do to improve that? The first fundamental step. So there's different markets with different pricing. So there's the bulk market, which is driven by the World Stock Exchange out of the hands of the the farmers. And that's where the, the majority of beans are sold to. And that does not care about the quality. At the next level of market is called the boutique market, which pays a higher price, but it must have quality beans to get that higher price. And a lot of the the farmers in the past have had training how to produce high quality beans, but they have such a disconnect with the crop because they never consume it. It's impossible for them to know what is quality beans for that boutique market. So the first priority for myself within the Cacao Ambassador is to be on the ground in these farming communities and show them how they can roast, peel, prepare their own beans, make their own equivalent of Milo drink and actually have it as a fundamental food for the family and sell it in the local market. So they start to become connected to the crop. 
And that in itself creates a huge change in terms of their connection, their understanding, knowing what quality is, but also being able to consume it and sell it locally. So that's one of the issues with around the world is that the farming communities who grow it do not consume it. But they will buy Milo as a big treat. In places like Bougainville, for instance, it's had a chocolate festival for a fair while. Yeah, Um, yes. There is local chocolate now being made, isn't there? Yeah, so um, that was really exciting to be there this year versus last year where there was one stand that we we were on, which was the only stand with chocolate, to see at least four or five stands this year with local products being produced. Whether it was very rudimentary cacao powder to actually a really nice chocolate actually being produced. So each year seeing the progress of the local market and the possibility of that. And like within the Pacific, there's a very unusual example in Samoa. They consume cacao locally. They get one of the highest prices in the world because it's part of the local culture. And it's, it's, a, it's sold at every, at every market in Samoa. Whereas the rest of the world and the rest of the Pacific, they don't consume their own cacao. So when you start seeing that happening, there's a huge potential for a local market for that. So, yeah, so we're seeing that was one of the outcomes of the Bougainville Chocolate Festival, that education of what is cacao, what goes into Milo, for example, and that they can actually make their own Milo in the village rather than paying a lot of money for something that has a lot of sugar in it. (laughs) How long a process do you think that it could be to turn this around from farmers with a few trees to a business where they can get the best possible prices and so on? It's a long process. It's not a short term. The most important thing is having the biggest picture possible of what's possible, the steps that are needed, and alongside that, creating the markets. You know, been involved in this deeply for, for the last four years in the Solomon Islands. And what is really required is some incredible leaders in the communities who have the same vision. And certain communities can show and lead the way, and that creates the chain reaction in the whole country. So when you have communities who start consuming it, who start increasing the quality, who consistently produce the quality, and we find markets for those communities, and those communities are receiving a consistent price and are able to reinvest in their farms and their infrastructure and have stability, then we start seeing a change in the whole country because it's living and breathing and and examples taking place. But it takes time. It takes time for the change, for the culture also to change. And from what I know and experience, it's not necessarily about bringing the West to these communities. It's just about enough change to improve the quality of life for the ground of care, but not there's so much value and beauty in, in life in the villages. But when we can create connection, a level of standard quality income, things like the youth stay in the village. And that is powerful. We need that because there isn't opportunities in the cities. So we want to keep the youth in the villages. We want the farming communities in Kakao to feel proud that they work with a crop that the rest of the world love when it turns into chocolate. So it's a long-term strategy, but when we have change within certain communities that are showing the way, we know it's possible. And we have those examples taking place in the Solomon Islands, in Papua New Guinea already, because there's also incredible leaders on the ground there. I can't do this on my own. It's, it's the people, the beings, the inspirational leaders on the ground in these countries that are really doing the work. 
So you're getting good buy-in. Yeah. So it's really interesting. In, in the Solomon Islands, there's a number of incredible women leaders in their communities. And in Papua New Guinea right now, I'm working also with some incredible male leaders. I, I don't know why it's working out like that, but that's how it is. But very strong leaders who are there for their community and are able to see the vision and show up for that first, no matter what. And through that, we can make the change. Yeah. It's incredible. But so we've incredible examples of that change happening.